Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here with DJ Liu, inventor of design methodology of planning and founder of NetDragon WebSoft Holding, one of the most successful online gaming companies in China. Welcome to the EdCast. Okay, good to be here. So DJ, a little bit about your commitment to this field and why, what brought you to focus your attention here in Harvard during the month of January in a co-taught class with Professor Chris Didi. Oh, first of all, uh, I'm a designer most of my uh, career, I would say. You know, sometimes I go out as a chairman, you know, <laughs> it's just up here on the land car, but I love mostly about my job. It's uh, basically focus on design or design-related uh, stuff. So, and uh, as a designer, uh, I uh, personally enjoy the process, but I also find it's uh, very interesting, but also challenging to how to train new designers, because I mean, a lot of projects actually need more designers to, co uh, to be part of it. And uh, in that process, we are actually trying to see if is that, is that could be a sort of a systematic way of approaching design. Uh, as, treat it as a problem, you know, it, would there be a way to solve that problem using some kind of methodology? And which, you know, over the course of three or four years, we sort of developed in, internally inside the company, and we used that to train about three, four hundred designers already. So it, it, it has promise. So uh, I would say, hey, maybe it's time to have more people to uh, try it on. And uh, I was uh, have the privileges of working with uh, Chris D here in the harbor, and I think the, uh, a chance to uh, have this, well, the best and smartest student uh, in education to try it would be something of a uh, golden opportunity for me too. So you know, so that's actually a jump at the opportunity to come here. Yeah, I, I love how you framed it within education. I think the the <laughs> taking the best practices of design theory and methodology and applying it to education that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the best thinking stays outside of education. And yourself and Professor Didi are really good at merging those two. A little bit about your background as a business and why you do see that commitment and why education is so important to you in your career. Well, uh, I start actually doing a company where I actually focusing on artificial intelligence but that didn't make much money at the beginning. <laughs> so uh, we quickly changed to making online game, which uh, I myself is uh, sort of a uh, gamer myself. You know, I spent a lot of time playing games when I was uh, very young, and then a little bit less maybe over the years. But nonetheless, you know, the online gaming is actually make a, a very profitable business for the company, and it was allowed our company to go, you know, to went public, and also uh, keep growing to a size of uh, several thousand people. And uh, about three years ago, you know, uh, we had the opportunity to rethink what we want to commit uh, in the future then, you know. And uh, education was uh, actually a very, it's a decision that we make after many of uh, analysis, meaning that scalability and the timing to go in there. But uh, after two or three years of uh, getting involved, I actually uh, enjoy a lot. Uh, well, that is after reading maybe 200 or plus books on education. You did your homework. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. And I was uh, quite quite happy. And actually, that's the most amount of a book I read on any subject anyway. And But but then, you know, I, it really gave me thinking, you know, maybe education is uh, it's the key for future. I mean, for the, even for the human society, I would say. Because, I mean, the science, technology is advancing. You know, I think overall people's living standard is getting 
better and better, but not everybody is uh, happier in a sense. So you know, it's kind of a personal angle to look into, it, look into it. So I say, hey, maybe education could help to in this aspect. And uh, and then with a closer look, I think uh, a lot of the education we are doing nowadays, well, especially inside the class, uh, in, in business, mostly are for knowledge or skills, but not necessarily. Almost nobody is uh, uh, interested in teaching students how to be happy, I think. <laughs> you know, so that might be something la lacking there. So I think, hey, there might be something you could do too. And also, uh, a lot of the technology available, but not necessarily make its way into the classroom or into the uh, educational process. Yeah, talking a little bit about those technologies that do make their way into the classroom, what excites you the most? What have you seen, whether in China or, or in all of your uh, research, that gives you the most promise for these emerging ed technologies and how they're really making the student experience, the learning experience, so much better for, for students across the world? Okay, well, I think the, the easiest observation we can see is that PC and the projector are making its way into the classroom all over the world, particularly in China, because China lately has a huge commitment into uh, spending, uh, well, I think 4% of the overall GDP into education. They actually, you know, treat it more like a policy, and they want numbers, you know, so that helps a lot. In the, I think in the last five years or so, we do see, uh, especially in the uh, city, at least in the city-wise, you know, more than 80, 90% in some province, 95% in some provinces even, of the classroom are equipped with a PC, projector, and also connected. And that's something we take for granted here at Harvard too. We would assume all classrooms would have that, but that's just not the case. No, but it's getting there very quickly. You know, one, one thing I think is uh, a lot easier, I think, for a government to spend on hardware. You know, it's numbers. You know, people like to produce it and <laughs> get a purchase order, I guess. So it, it, that's the easier part. And we do see that happen. And the other way I, I see is that uh, with the internet, and maybe I'll quote like iPhone, it's actually helping uh, people in general, all the people in general, that uh, greatly improve in their IT technology. Yeah, so people nowadays, especially Chinese people nowadays, they are very fluent in using a, a smartphone and also using all the instant messages like WeChat, you know, so that, that's actually complicated in some way, but uh, everybody is getting good at it. So I see that as a, uh, well, as a, as a good starting point for future involvement using technology, you know, so it looks like they, they sort of take the first step quite easily, you know, so they are okay now with technology. So with that too, uh, said, actually, with, with all the PCs and the internet connection into the classroom, it, the usage of the equipment is still very, very low. Well, I, I, I cannot say elsewhere, but in China, and mostly it's that. So they are hungry, they are, they are you know, asking for contents or for uh, actual use scenario to, to offer to them. Right, it's not just the technology, but the use of the technology and the adoption of the technology. A little bit about you know, your time here at Harvard, uh, most are, people are seeing you as teacher, but I imagine that you're seeing yourself as both teacher and learner. And I'm curious what you've learned already during your time here or hope to learn during your co-teaching with Professor Didi and upcoming uh, seminars and conferences that you have sort of planned this week. Well, I think uh, uh, for a business person, it's very important, I think, for a company to know what's the right direction to go. 
and uh, for education, that will come as an answer to what is the true nature of education. That's one question I keep seeking answer. And what is the most effective way to teach to uh, all on the other, you know, from a different angle to that uh, uh, learner to learn what they are needed on their own terms. Uh, what is the best way for different kind of people to learn things? Those are the questions very important to a uh, person like me who, <laughs> who have to make a decision on what direction to go. You know, because whatever, whatever direction we go, uh, we are at least taking 2,500 people. That's the, that, that's the number of people who are working on education nowadays in the company. That's a lot of commitment from, from the company side and the business. So we, have to, we want to make sure at least we are doing it in the right direction. So that's the kind of answer I'm seeking in the, uh, on campus here. And, and the last question, in the next five, ten years, I mean, you're learning and sort of prepping that direction and that strategy now. And, and I'm curious, where you see it going? Where, where are you seeing the direction that you're going to bring your company uh, towards improving education? What are some little hints at what you expect in 2025 or something like that? Well, I think uh, <laughs> I think we do see a lot of uh, promising uh, results. Some from trial, some from uh, uh, experiments we, we run. I think with the technology, uh, one of the easier conclusion I had is a higher production value of the content using uh, technology. I think it's new technology is necessary. You know, otherwise it wouldn't uh, be the deciding factor to push people to actually using it. You know, people might be excited to try once, twice, but uh, without a higher production value, on the, in the sense that you have to overwhelm them somehow. Mm -hmm. So that's my uh, first observation. And uh, that's actually one of the directions we're going to work very hard on. And the good thing is that we are a gain company. So <laughs> making a sort of a high production value kind of content, it's a, it's a challenging, but it's not a, it's possible for us to do. So that actually, could make a difference, you know. I could call on the iPhone, the same thing, you know, because iPhone, the first generation, even the first generation was, in a sense, so good. It actually, you know, just rule people into using the iPhone, but uh, I still remember the first version of it is very bad at actually making call. <laughs> so that's actually an uh, example of uh, things we could uh, really uh, sort of uh, looking at direct directions. Quality matters, and we appreciate the quality of education you're bringing to the Ed School community this week. Thank you very much, DJ, for being on the EdCast. Thank you. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'd like to thank Professor Chris Didi for help setting and arranging this all up, and Jill Anderson for her questions. Uh, this is Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening.